0: listening to the world of horror and I'm your host Andy. So for the new year it's, I'm going to expand on my format a little bit. You're going to be hearing a little bit more diverse scope of movies that I'm going to be talking about. Um, so instead of just focusing on the Mill Creek uh, box sets what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be looking at I'm still going to be looking at more obscure Lesser known horror movies, but I'm going to be looking at anything from like the 50s all the way up through the 90s. I think this will be funner for me, and probably uh, more interesting for other people out there that are looking for these types of movies to be talked about. Um, Just have a wider pool to pick from, and uh, maybe you know uh, find something a little more interesting than what I've done in the past. Uh, I mean, I've had a blast up to this point, but you know, looking to kind of expand on what movies that I can talk about and things like that just to kind of maybe like cater to like a wider group of people I don't know we'll see what happens but anyway as long as I'm still having fun I'm still gonna do the show um, I, I'm excited about the new year and definitely gonna be having more shows of Dave coming up so stay tuned for that so with this episode we're gonna be talking about a film called Munchies so back in uh, what 1984 Gremlins was made uh, the movie Gremlins, and uh, and then there was like uh, some copies. There was kind of like a kind of a group of uh, little monster movies came out, like miniature monster movies came out, and uh, you had critters and ghoulies were kind of in that group as well. Um, I think there was another one called Hobgoblins. So with the success of these kinds of movies, uh, infamous producer Roger Corman, he decided that he wanted to make his own Gremlins style movie. He needed a director for his movie, and he had worked with a film editor back in the 70s named Tina Hirsch. And um, she actually was the editor for Gremlins, and also she edited the Twilight Zone movie. So she already has her fingers in Gremlins, like the, the movie that started it off for these little creature type movies. So I think it was a perfect fit for her to direct this movie and uh because you know roger corman wanted to have his own gremlins movie to kind of cash in on the craze but of course you know with corman it's going to come with a lot lower budget and uh and things like that so you can definitely see that in this movie with the special effects with the effect the creature effects the puppet effects and things like that which we'll get into when roger corman made this movie he kind of knew what what he was doing he didn't really make this movie super serious Uh, i made it more comedy more tongue-in-cheek and he definitely gave some nods to Gremlins, which we'll, uh, we'll pick out as we go through the movie here. Uh, the movie was released on March 1st, 1987, and it was filmed in and around Los Angeles. Munchies was shot over 12 days, followed by three days of filming puppets and inserts. The movie was distributed by New Concord. Uh, the taglines for the movie, uh, they're cute, they're cuddly, and they're out for blood. And also, just when you thought it was safe to raid the fridge. That's about it for the production history on the movie. We'll go right into the plot. Sweetwater, a new and inviting desert community. Violation! This is going to be a great day. Filled with kind and loving families. But I am your stepson. I know, and I always treated you like it was, didn't I? Oh. With mature and responsible teenagers. And then one day. Did you hear something? something odd appeared this is incredible exactly what they are is uncertain South American cockroach dad, I'm out of here their origins are somewhat hazy it's an alien maybe an illegal alien and while their manner can be quite charming he's so cute, can't we take him out of the bag now their habits can be a little bizarre (laughs) Paul, not so rough I haven't done anything yet Better treat them right. You're not laughing anymore, are you, pal? Because they're not necessarily nice. <laughs> Munchies. Putting into the <laughs> driver's seat now. Taking over the seat. Having a couple of baby. That's not what I need. I'm making for this. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. What is that? that things you can't. Shh. a can't murder murder no one kills my tropical fish at length i'm on the case <laughs> just dropped in for a bite munchies starring harvey corman from the creator of little shop of horrors munchies <laughs> For the plot, we have an archaeologist, uh, his name is Simon, and uh, Simon is played by actor Harvey Corman. and he's, he's a pretty recognizable face. People will recognize him in uh, some Mel Brooks movies, kind of irreverent comedies like Blazing Saddles, History of the World Part One, uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It, things of that nature. And also he was in some TV shows like Love Boat and Mama's Family, kind of some mid-80s uh, TV show classics there. And so uh, Simon, he's an archaeologist. He's doing a dig in Peru. He has his son uh, Paul, and uh, who is played by actor Charlie Stratton. And Charlie Stratton has did some uh, had some TV roles, but that's about it, really. Um, he has his son Paul with him, and Paul's an aspiring comedian. And of course, Simon is trying to discourage this as every chance he gets, because he says he's not funny. <laughs> and so. Uh, They find this cave in Peru and they have some of the locals there helping them uh, decipher some of the uh, they found some stone carvings in a cave. It looked like an old temple or something so the uh, locals are helping them to uh, Translate the carvings and you know, the locals are very scared of this cave They really don't want to have anything to do with this So they, They all kind of abandoned the dig site but while Simon and Paul were in the cave, they find this little creature that's kind of hiding out in the cave. And so they, uh, you know, they get a duffel bag and they get the creature to get into the duffel bag. I think they give him some milk doves uh, or some kind of candy. And the creature is very happy with that. So it gets in the duffel bag and they zip it up and they take it back with him to America. Oh, and so the archaeologist, Simon, he is really into aliens and like the ancient aliens type stuff. So he thinks that the creature's an alien. So he's very excited and he wants to take it back to America to show off some of his professor friends, and to really get the credibility that he's seeking in his research. And it's funny, like so they get back to America no problem. I'm just, I'm just wondering how did they get that duffel back through customs? I mean, because the creature could actually talk and was moving around and things like that. I mean, I guess they could have had as a carry-on, but still. And so when Simon and Paul land back in America at the airport, they meet Paul's girlfriend Cindy, and Cindy's played by the actress Nadine Vanderbilt and sh- this actress she was the daughter in Critters that was re- released just the year before and this movie definitely has that feel I think it, it's very much more comedic but it does really have the feel of Critters I think um, kind of a little bit more than, I mean it's kind of a mix between Critters and Gremlins really and so Cindy you know, was driving them back home and as they kind of get back into the little town they're speeding and they get pulled over by uh, the local deputy Eddie. And Eddie is kind of like the local deputy Dewey. He's he's not very smart, you know, but he's his father's the sheriff, and so of course he gets to be a deputy. And uh, he he just kind of he he uses that role to his advantage. He throws his power around. Uh, he kind of just acts like a butthole for the most part. But he has a thing for Cindy, so Cindy can kind of talk her way out of things and kind of. Uh, Get Eddie to do things for her that he may not do for other people, but Eddie does try to harass Cindy whenever he sees her on the road. So when they finally get home, um, they, they go to their house, and there's like two houses kind of right next door to each other. And uh, you know, we see somebody in the other house spying on the the people as they get out of the car, their father and son, and and we see somebody with a telescope kind of spying on them. And, and we find out it's Cecil is spying on them. And Cecil is simon's twin brother and both of the characters are played by harvey corman and so cecil is like this really slimy businessman he owns a lot of businesses around the area uh, like a lot of local businesses and he has like he has he sells wine coolers he has his own line of wine coolers he has his own line of snacks um he has his own line of well he has like some buffets and burger restaurants that he runs so he has just a, a lot of restaurants and stuff that he runs And he's just, you can just tell he, he's he's the kind of guy that's going to cut corners and not pay people fair wages and things like that. And, uh, so, but he's, he always seems to be trying to get one over on his brother too. He's trying to buy his brother's half of the land. So they, this little plot of land that the, both their houses are on. Cecil is trying to buy Simon's half the land and his house from him. And, uh, Simon's not interested because I think partly well he, he does need money, but I think he's, he's excited with his new discovery, thinking, hey, I found an alien. I'm gonna make a lot of money from this. I don't need money for my brother anymore. So he kind of turns his brother down from selling his house, and his brother doesn't really like that. But his brother is like just spying on him. Cecil is spying on Simon. In Simon's house, there is an Elvis statue that has a hidden microphone in it, and so Cecil can hear everything that they say. And so when they get when Simon and Paul and Cindy get into the house. They're discussing the alien and their recent find. And Simon wants to go tell one of his uh, professor friends about the alien and show it to him. But he has to go out of town to a lecture that the professor is at. But he wants to leave Paul in charge of the alien. And he tells Paul, hey, just keep your eye on him. Make sure that nobody knows about him. Just keep him a secret. Uh, Protect him. Make sure nothing happens to him. Because this is very valuable to us. And also Simon just sees the alien as uh for its scientific value too and here's where we kind of see the limits of roger coleman's budget because during the first little part of the movie like uh the munchie you know the alien is, is just kept in the duffel bag and it's we see the duffel bag kind of moving around and things like that but you don't see a whole lot of the creature itself except for when they try to feed him snacks you see his mouth kind of stick out he's got a little muzzle that kind of sticks out and kind of chomps on the candy uh so we definitely see the limitations of the budget there but the creature it loves junk food like chips candy whatever and so they decided to call it a munchie that's just the name kind of like the name they give it but then also paul names it arnold for some reason i don't know why but he calls it arnold and um you know it can kind of talk and so like that it says the name of like it can kind of talk like a baby almost it has like the voice of uh I don't know, the voice actor, I can't remember now the name of the voice actor, but he did a lot of work in other movies and stuff. Uh, So you'll probably recognize the voice that he makes. It almost sounds like, uh, oh, it actually kind of sounds like Gizmo if I really think about it. So we go back to Cecil and Cecil is overhearing all the conversation. He knows that Simon is going to be out of town and that Paul's just going to be at the house with his girlfriend. So Cecil tries to kind of cook up a plan to, he wants to get this alien. He wants to kidnap it. And so Cecil has a stepson named Dude. That's his name, yeah. And Dude is your typical, whatever, uh, typical slacker, Gen X, uh, grunge kind of dude. He plays hacky sack all day long. He likes to just sit and listen to his records. He doesn't want to get a job. Kind of the typical slacker. So Cecil is just kind of fed up with him and says, hey, look, well, first of all, Dude asked him for $500 for a weekend spending money. And Cecil's like, I'm not going to give you money. But hey, if you want to make some money, how about you go kidnap? Go break into the my brother's house and kidnap and get something for me. And so he basically forces Dude to join him as they break into Simon's house to capture the alien. And so Paul and Cindy leave Arnold downstairs by himself because Arnold also loves TV. So they turn on the TV. And uh, oh, and they also give him like a Playboy magazine. I don't know. Is it, so... they they stick this playboy magazine in the duffel bag and then like the munchie starts like getting really excited and something else is going on and they're not really sure so anyway so they leave arnold to his own devices and paul and cindy go upstairs for quote-unquote sleazy teenager sex and so while they're occupied cecil and dude sneak into the house and it's funny because we do get a scene of paul and cindy upstairs quote-unquote having sex and they're just kind of wrestling under the covers and shooting each other with these little toy laser guns. I don't know. Maybe that's what some people do. I don't know. Who am I to judge? So Cecil and dude are, uh, the, you know, they sneak into Simon's house and downstairs where Arnold is. And they try to catch Arnold. Arnold's a little too quick. But then they lure, they do lure him into a bag with some food, with some junk food. Because that seems to be the Munchie's weakness. So they take him back to Cecil's house. Cecil has to leave and go pick up dude's adopted mother it's kind of a complex story but anyway he has to go pick up dude's mother and he tells dude okay you watch this little alien this little creature make sure nothing happens to him and uh so he leaves Cecil leaves and so it's just dude and Arnold in the house dude is just wanting to listen to his records but Arnold's wanting to play around with these pool uh balls there's like a pool table in the room and so Arnold is kind of bouncing around these balls and dude is just getting super annoyed with Arnold and tells him to stop it and kind of throws him up against the wall and kind of smacks him around a little bit. Arnold gets mad and like his like claws kind of grow out and his teeth grow out or something. He gets goes into like beast mode and he starts getting vicious right back at dude. Another, another reason why dude is annoyed with Arnold with having to watch Arnold is because dude has like a hacky sack convention he wants to go to and, man, I remember hacky sacks back in the 90s. Yeah, that was all the, the rage. I mean, I remember, you know, me and my friends just standing around in a circle. And we, like, just kicked this hacky sack around. I don't know if you guys played around with hacky sacks, but they were kind of fun back in the day. Um, but, you know, it's, it's probably about time for a hacky sack uh, revival, right? You know, so maybe we can start that here. Yeah. But anyway, so we, we it's established that dude does not like Arnold one bit. And so Arnold starts getting vicious because dude is kind of smacking him around and not treating him very well. Dude is being rude. And uh, so they kind of have this little skirmish where dude is trying to wrestle around with Arnold. Arnold's kind of like biting him and scratching him and stuff. And and dude finally gets a, uh, well, dude actually gets a shotgun and actually shoots Arnold. But Arnold like heals up, like he regenerates. His. He gets this little hole in his chest and it just heals up automatically. So so we already know that like normal guns are not going to do anything to this creature and uh so then they kind of continue their fight and, and dude gets a butcher knife and he like cuts up Arnold into like four pieces. And uh then he goes about listening going back to listening to his records cuz he thinks that he's taking care of Arnold and everything's right with the world. Well, what we've soon learned is that when you cut up these little guys, these munchies, they become they multiply. So each piece becomes a munchie. So now there's four munchies. And uh they it's funny. Like they all kind of, they grow really fast and they start talking. They all know how to talk. And it's like, they all have names already. Uh, and they all have like distinct personalities. And so, and so, like I said, each voice kind of has this distinct, uh, personality to it. So Arnold's voice sounds like Gizmo, which I said earlier. Uh, but some of the other munchies, like one sounds like Cheech, Cheech Marin. Um, another one sounds like Dr. Claw. And one sounds like Pepe Le Pew. And, uh, so it's funny, like, they, but anyway, so they come right out of the gate, like, talking and, and wanting to party, and, and kind of just, Munchies just kind of have their little uh, persona already built in, it seems like. It's kind of funny. So anyway, dude is listening to his records, and so the, the Munchies kind of sneak up behind him, and they crank up his stereo really loud, and I guess, I guess that kills him, because the next thing we know, after Cecil picks up dude's mother from the bus station, they come back. And uh, they have this little conversation about how dude is actually her stepson or her adoptive son. Like she adopted dude because she thought he was so ugly and stupid or something like that. It's like, wow, that's a that's a great role model there. Um, so anyway, so they get back to the house, Cecil and the mom does, and they see that the house is just trashed. And and then they find dude's dead body. So I guess turning cranking up the volume actually killed him. I don't know. But we don't really see his body. Like in this movie, there's really very little, very little gore. There's really no gore at all. There's some scratches. You see some little minor bite marks, but that's about it. So they find dude's dead body, but uh, Cecil's actually more upset because his fish have been killed. He has one of those big, like I don't know, 40 gallon fish tanks in his living room, and all the fish are dead. He's more upset about his fish dead than dude being dead. And uh, so anyway they call the police eddie comes over you know and and it just kind of goes from there like we have the munchies kind of going around town causing havoc so another nod to the movie gremlins is when they leave when the munchies leave cecil's house they drive off in a gremlin uh, the car and the license plate says oh gizmo on it so that's kind of funny so they they're they're really giving nods to the gremlins they they're not really like trying to hide it at all and uh so they take off in this car the munchies do one is steering and one is pushing down in the accelerator and then the other two are in the backseat smoking and drinking so there's some really they are really some like party animals right from the get-go so you know they're driving around town and they kind of just kind of causing havoc running people off the road and things like that um so the movie kind of goes on from there and like i said the the creatures themselves they they definitely look like puppets um they do remind me of the Gremlins, though, just as far as like in their antics that they have, but not so much of, like, by their looks, but they do talk like the Gremlins do, too. Um, the music, the score is really goofy. It's just really kind of kooky, um, it, which really just lends to the comedic atmosphere of this movie. Like I said, it's kind of categorized as horror, but this movie is really a comedy. Um, there's very just little horror aspects to this movie whatsoever. But like I said, you definitely get the Gremlins and the Critters vibe. So, you know, it, it kind of has that feel to it, um, where it's kind of like more comedy, but it has it has kind of a just a little bit of horror mixed in. Um, and, you know, so people are trying to stop the munchies, like Paul and Cindy are trying to stop the munchies because they kind of realize that they could be a danger to society. And Cecil is trying to stop the munchies, not so much because he's worried about the creatures themselves, but because he's worried about them exposing his dirty little secrets, because he is having these big corporations paying him money, um, and they and they store their toxic waste in these caves under the city, under the town, and they are caves that are owned by Cecil, of course. So Cecil's making money off of storing this toxic waste illegally, and uh, in these caves under the town. But also with the toxic waste, he's using that to make his snacks, which is really gross. So he's kind of he's making money off of storing this toxic waste, but he's also making money off of making the toxic waste into his trademark snacks, which really just is is just funny. It's a funny idea for me. Like, how in the heck do you make toxic waste edible? And so Cecil says, "Well, I what's the word he uses? He he does something to make the toxic waste safe." Yeah, I'm really sure. But it's funny because Cecil is kind of the picture of like the ultimate capitalist, kind of like sleaze ball. So you know he's the guy that's going to make a buck any way he can he doesn't care what it does to the environment or what it does to his fellow man just anything he can do to make a buck that's what he's going to do so you really kind of get a dislike for cecil and the things that he's doing but cecil also has pull with the sheriff and so he uh, he has the sheriff on his side and so they're going around town trying to trying to find the munchies to stop them um we we get a lot of different set pieces in this movie you know we get a scene in the old video store which is really cool um, we get a scene on a miniature golf course, which is pretty cool. Uh, we get some scenes in these underground underground caves, which are cool, a little factory thing at the end. And the way that they figure out how to defeat the munchies, it's, it's pretty cool. It's kind of a novel way to do it. Um, so all in all, this movie does have a pretty satisfying ending. Oh, and I forgot to mention that uh, for all you Star Trek fans out there, Robert Picardo does have a kind of a minor role in this movie too so you're going to recognize his face in there um and so this movie actually created they actually created two sequels um but they're name only and i think they're just called munchie not munchies so i think there's just one quote-unquote creature in those in the sequels and but i think they're more like family movies they're not really like tied to this movie whatsoever so you know I, i really i did enjoy this movie even though it's not like the best movie obviously um, and it's not really even scary so much, uh, but it's just, it's a fun movie. It's one of those ones you can throw on, like on a Saturday afternoon and just kind of turn your brain off and just have fun with it. Cause you know, you're going to have just some crazy stuff happen. You got Roger Corman producing, uh, you got the Harvey Corman. He always plays a good character and you got these little char- these little creatures with attitude. So I'm going to give this movie a thumbs up. Uh, you can stream this movie in several places. I streamed on Amazon prime. Um, I think it's also on Tubi um, and it's probably a lot of other places but Amazon Prime is where I watched it it's a good transfer there but yeah check this out if this sounds like you know if you're into like the little the comedy little um, mini, mini creature movies definitely check this one out and I definitely had fun with it and I'm Andy and you've been listening to the world of horror